All right, welcome to the psychology of depression and anxiety. I've got a guest with me here today, Mr. Christopher Spence Pratt. Chris, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Uh, first official podcast uh, interview, actually. So I'm excited. I am very honored to be uh, the first person. I suspect I will not be the last, but the first person hosting you on a podcast. Really quick, before we get started today, I just want to let listeners know just a mild content warning. Um, most likely there will be probably some surface level discussion of, of suicide in this episode. Nothing detailed or, or graphic, but I suspect that that word will be said a few times because it is an important part of Chris's story. And it's a really important story that deserves to be told. I'm going to, I know that you are perfectly capable of introducing yourself, but I actually want to introduce our audience to the way that I found you because the second I, pretty much the second I saw you, I'm like, I have to talk to that guy at some point. I, did, I think I was just kind of mindlessly scrolling on Instagram as we do sometimes. And your your reel, uh, the one that's pinned to the top of your Instagram page, showed up in my recommended. And as I'm sure you know, that the, the first picture is you at at your low point. And it like that, just that picture, you know, I, you know how scroll, I was scrolling, 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 and I just saw that picture. And it just stopped me dead in my tracks. I'm like, oh, crap. I know that look. That's yeah. that that hollow, empty look. I know that look. I, I see that look a lot, you know, and with my clients. I've seen that look in the mirror a few times. Like, I know what that is. So I instantly I'm like, what what is this? Who is this guy? What's going on here? And then the the reel, of course, continues with a series of pictures, one every year. Um, and obviously you have an amazing physical transformation throughout these pictures, but what got me even more is just the look on your face every year changes. And it goes from like kind of confusion, like, why am I still here to like cautious optimism to sort of a full blown, I'm doing this, something's changing here for me. Um, and the main thing I'm hoping to get from you today is just kind of to get a little bit of a roadmap of what got you from that point in that first picture to the Chris that we see today? So if it's okay with you, could we start with 2016 and get a little background on what was going on around that time in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So um, with, so I don't want to ramble. Like, you know, it, it, I was already 35 years old in that uh, photo from 2016. So there's a lot of life that happened before then. But um um, just a quick synopsis, uh, uh, early childhood was good. Um, it was around the age of 10, moved to a new city. I, I was the new kid. I was um, um, small, not so small anymore, <laughs> but I was small. Um, I was a late bloomer. But anyways, I got picked on. I got bullied a lot. That lasted for four years. And I feel like what that did was it planted seeds in my mind um, that I was unlovable, that I was uh, had no worth. And the rest of my decision making after that point was based on those feelings. It's, uh, it's like those people who bullied me, I, I ended up believing it on some level. So up to let's fast forward to 2016. Um, well, it's hard to do that. There, there was a lot of substance abuse before then, a lot of avoidance, a lot of, um, confusion, as you said, 
I, I, my battle didn't begin in 2016. My battle had been going on for a very long time. Um, unfortunately, a lot of that battle was avoidance, though. These very, because of the confusion. Um, I wanted to believe I was worthwhile, but then on some levels, I really believed I was not. And um, so, you know, throw substance abuse into that. That's never, that's never going to work out well. Um, my substance abuse mostly was alcohol. Um, but there were a lot of drugs mixed in too. So anyways, fast forward 2016, I had reached uh, rock bottom, as they say, that's the term. And I just felt hopeless. There was no hope. There was, there was no light no light at all it was pure darkness the idea of a light was not even like there's no i couldn't even fathom that um and uh it was in that time that i had i had had suicidal ideations almost my entire life and it was at that point that i was actually seriously considering them as an option and i acted on them and um Again, there's no reason to go into the gory details, um, but, you know, I went of overdose. I, I tried to overdose off pills and um, was almost successful, but I was saved. And um, it was just, uh, I, I look back on that experience now, and we'll get into this with like further questions and as we talk, but I look back on that experience of the actual attempt to take my life and i'm like i can't believe i did that man like mm -hmm. who who was that guy um that was so hopeless that he thought that was the only option um so that was the beginning of my journey it sounds like a weird way to begin a journey it's like surviving a suicide attempt is the way to begin your journey for me it, it was um i hope that that's not <laughs> the way that you know i would never tell somebody oh well, you know you got to get to a suicidal point right of course um, not i would hope that they would have some sort of hope before that but for me that was my rock bottom mm -hmm. and um, i'm not sure if i'm answering the question correctly oh you absolutely are and and so what i know you and i talked about this a little before too one thing that i think is really important about kind of your backstory because i know a lot of people will will, will relate to this is that you've described like you said you had a good childhood and i think that like that's so important because a lot of the people a lot of people out there who are dealing with depression and dealing with anxiety it's not because just from the beginning their life has been awful i think that's that's what a lot of people think that's kind of a stereotype like oh if you feel it some you must have just dealt with like trauma after trauma to, to be able to get to the point where you feel this way and it's a really it's, it's a really unhelpful stereotype because then when when people are dealing with those feelings and they have i mean obviously you faced significant adversity in the form of bullying um but overall like you you had periods of life that were really good and sometimes that actually makes us feel worse because then it's like like how do i feel this bad when i've had things fairly good overall compared to some people so i just i think knowing knowing that you would describe like a fairly happy and good childhood for the most part I think is a really important part of that backstory. 
it made the bullying more confusing actually because the first 10 years of my childhood were happy i had friends i was doing well in school and then we moved there was a shift moved to a new state new place new people and i couldn't make friends and nobody liked me and i didn't understand why and um you know in retrospect i look back on well what did I bring that upon myself in some way? I've always been a sensitive person. So, you know, that doesn't mean I deserved it or anything. But, you know, people prey on certain things, especially children. Uh, I forgive all my bullies, by the way, because kids are kids. And um, But uh, I, th I think because I've always been a sensitive, vulnerable sort of person, it made me a prime target. For getting bullied on top of like yeah i was small but you know uh anyone who bullies or is critical of other people they're gonna get more out of it if they know it's affecting the person it, it definitely affected me and they could see that so you know the other thing you said that i that i kind of latched on to was was like that the, that your suicide attempt was the start of a new beginning for you and, and i do think that for for a lot of people who have really dramatic transformations in their lives of some kind or another like you know I was on this one path for some certain amount of time and then in a relatively short period of time I'm now on this completely different path almost everybody I know who has had these big changes these big transformations which you certainly have in one way or another I feel like every single example I can think of that they've, they've been like shocked into it somehow Right. Sometimes it was like a near death experience or like a, a, a divorce or a job loss. But some some big on it, maybe like tragic thing happened. And it just it, it's kind of a make or break moment. And you were able to turn it into a make moment or at least the start of one. Um, maybe that's where we could go next, because I, I definitely want to know. So like that first year after, you know, the rest of 2016, 2017, um, it sounds like that's when you started to make some pretty big changes in your life. Could you tell us what some of those changes were that you feel like started you on the path that you've been on these last few years? So when I survived my suicide attempt, it's like, you know, I was, it's like, I knew it was going to hurt people, my family and, but I didn't realize how much until I failed my attempt and uh, I was surrounded by, you know, my brothers and my immediate, my parents. And um, I could see the effects of my behavior and it was painful to me. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, and if I had succeeded, it would have affected them for the rest of their lives in a terrible, terrible way. And I went, well, geez, you know, um, clearly these people really care about me actually. And I don't know if I'd ever really thought about that before. Um, that we, I will, I will get into this as we're talking, but uh, practicing gratitude um, is something I had never done before. And uh, that might've been the first thing I went, well, geez, you know, I'm grateful that these people love me. Um, maybe I've been too focused on all these other external sources. Like, where am I trying to, uh, another thing we'll get into, where does happiness actually come from? Mm -hmm. um, so 
survived the attempt, saw the pain it caused. And at that point, I kind of was just, I had a shift in my mindset. I'm like, okay, well, that was a bad idea. Um, I don't want to inflict this kind of pain. I asked for help. Finally. Um, and without going into tons of details, I had been a belligerent drunk for probably about five years. I destroyed a marriage. Um, and it's, um, again, I like being honest. So I wasn't physically abusive, but there was, um, I, I, when I was belligerently drunk, I could be emotionally volatile and say things that were terrible. Um, and I said things to my ex-wife that, uh, I'm, I'm not proud of very, uh, it's emotional abuse. And to me, um, it took me, I had to come back to this. I didn't realize in my marriage that I was abusive. I, I absolutely was abusive. And I will always regret that. But, you know, only one thing we can do, move forward. Don't learn from our mistakes. So I um, just I, do everything different, man. That, to answer your question, I was like, <laughs> I will do everything I need help. I was like, I went to my dad, thankfully, because um, they had kind of cut me off, actually. Uh, but after this attempt, he's standing over me. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. That was, honestly, that it was the answer. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I, and I said, I need help. Like, please, I, I am, will be eternally grateful to my parents. And I know some people don't have that sort of support. Uh, they were willing to help me. So that was, I had some people in my corner, actually. It would be nice if everybody had some people in their corner. Um, said, I need help. What I, you know, I can't, uh, drinking was my top thing. I, I needed to, I needed to eliminate that. Um, I'm not going to get better when I'm drinking massive amounts of whiskey every freaking day. So I asked for help. I said, um, can you, is there somebody, just send me somewhere, send me somewhere. Like, is there like a place I can go and, so, yeah, I, that was the very first thing I did was I went to a uh, rehab center, an inpatient rehab center for 30 days, which, to be honest, is not that long. Um, and a, a lot of people go into those 30 days and they come right back out and drop right off. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, alcoholism was a huge problem for me, but I, I really don't think that that was the root problem. That was just an avoidance tactic. So. Um, but I knew I needed to eliminate that. It was it was really because I'm prone to rambling. Let me come back a little bit. Um, the main thing I decided to do was to do everything differently. Um, I, I I opened myself to suggestion as well. I a lot of my life I was defensive. I didn't want anybody to tell me how to do anything. Why why can't you just leave me alone? You know, people, I think you might, you need some help. You might have a problem. Why don't you mind your own business? Um, I finally had that rock bottom said, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. It's almost like I was like, tell me what to do. Please, someone just tell me what to do. I, everything I've been doing is not working for me. I am not happy. I've been miserable forever. So why do I keep trying? I am not solving the problem. Um, and that opened me up just opening up in that way to where I was open to suggestion, 
allowed me to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have done before, like uh, going to a therapist or um, actually listening to, to people who might have some words of advice to how I could be happy. I had never, I didn't think it was possible to be happy. I really did not. There was no light in the darkness. And I realized that as well after the suicide attempt was, have I ever even tried to be happy? I don't know. Um, I, I've been so convinced that it did, wasn't a real thing for me that I don't think I've ever actually tried. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll let you chime in now. Sure. But I, uh, <laughs> it was uh, It was just mainly opening myself to help. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, tell me if this is a fair summary. It sounds like maybe step one was realizing what you were doing wasn't wasn't getting you where you wanted to be. Step two, ask for help. And I know we're just kind of getting started on this, but step three was almost just kind of flip everything you'd been doing like 180 degrees in the other direction. Is that about, is that about I, right? Yeah, I call it the opposite game. You know, it's funny that you say that because as you were describing this, what I was thinking is, oh, he used opposite to emotion, which is, um, I don't know if you know, you probably wouldn't have called it that, but it's it's from no, DBT, dialectical behavior therapy. So the the mm -hmm. idea behind opposite, like you basically, you just described it in just your own words, which is kind of amazing, really. But opposite to emotion is a therapeutic technique that involves recognizing that most of our emotional states are self-sustaining, meaning like when you're depressed, for example, you do things or at least experience urges or impulses to do things that make you feel more depressed. Like when we're depressed, we don't want to uh, connect with people, right? We tend to isolate ourselves. We tend to, to stick to ourselves, but then we feel lonely, which makes us more depressed. Um, yeah. When we're anxious, right? We want to, it makes us want to avoid things. But, and and it's, it's true with positive emotions too. Like when you're feeling really proud of yourself, you tend to go do things, you, you accomplish things. So the, the, impulses that your emotions create lead to behaviors that then strengthen the emotion that created the behavior. And so opposite to emotion involves taking whatever your impulse is when it comes from an emotion you want less of, like depression, for example, and then doing the opposite of the thing you feel like doing. So if I feel like isolating myself, I'm going to call five friends, I'm gonna call five people, text five people, like I'm going to put myself as out there as I possibly can. If I feel like not asking, not taking my medication today, I'm going to take it exactly as prescribed. If I feel like not eating, I'm going to nourish my body. If I feel like not moving, I'm going to go for a walk or go work out. So basically do the opposite of what you want to do and you'll get the opposite of the feeling you have. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly what I was doing without realizing that it, it was like a therapeutic technique or anything like, no, because I, I haven't heard of what you're talking about, but um somehow I sort of just, it clicked in my brain. I was like, I just need to start doing the opposite of everything my own mind is telling me to do. You intuited a therapy skill. That's kind of, just so you know, that's a very impressive thing to do. It doesn't happen very often. It was just the realization that everything I had been doing was not working for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, maybe I should just, anytime that like inner voice kicks in and tells me, you don't want to do that, I should start doing it. 
which is the complete opposite of what I was doing before. I was just listening to it. Oh, you don't want to do that, Chris. You're just going to fail anyways. Nobody, you, you won't succeed, Chris. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. This time I'm like, no, I'm going to, that means, this means I need to do it because everything I've been, I've been listening to you for a long time Mm -hmm. and you haven't helped me. So I still struggle with that now. Uh, earlier, I, even before we started recording, procrastination, I still struggle with it. Um, but yeah, you know, so I, I, <laughs> I'm glad I figured that out because it is helpful. Um, we can be our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. I know I was. I, it's like that part of me wanted to keep me in that pit of despair. It was its sole goal. Um, why I've come to learn in the last like seven years that most I had no idea, man, but uh, I do now. Most people are suffering from trauma on some level. Absolutely. And it, I, I never realized that I'm like, geez, you know what? I think trauma is much more prevalent than I ever realized it was. And that mm-hmm. causes us to behave in certain ways. Our decision-making is affected by these things that we may not even realize are trauma. We push them down, they go into the darkness, but they still affect us. It's crazy. Man. What you anyway. said about, uh, something else that really struck me just reading your content. And then, you know, you said it again today too, is like, that you never really tried to be happy until like a few years ago. And, you know, I, I would say the same thing for uh, my, my rock bottom was probably more late adolescence. So it came at a different time in my life, but I remember I had a moment where I'm like, what if I took all the energy? Cause, cause my, my emotional state was always like, my, and I, I wouldn't say I was doing it on purpose, but my brain would just always find every possible flaw in everything like I was I was the most keep in mind I'm a therapist so I talk to like people with depression and anxiety and whatnot all day long right I still say I may be the most pessimistic person I've ever met like on the inside my my moments of happiness were like just these occasional little periods when I couldn't find anything wrong like and I had this thought one time like what if I took all the energy that I use to find every little flaw, you know, you know, all people suck, the world sucks, I suck, everything's stupid. And that was, you know, my mind, my mindset. What if I took that energy and tried to use all of that to build a life that I did not hate? And I was like, I've never tried that. I should probably at least try that. I don't it's kind of, I was kind of like you, it's like, it's probably Very not going to work, but like, I should try just to see what happens. Right. Turns out it actually makes a difference. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems like a real, um, it's like <laughs> the more, I don't know if common sense exists, actually. Do you, what do you think about common sense? I, I Man. my whole life, well, you know, common <laughs> sense would dictate. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if that's a real thing. Um, so something I something I actually wrote in my first book is that if you try to apply what most people would consider common sense to building a life that makes you happy, you will probably not succeed because there are a lot of counterintuitive processes in our brain. For example, 
what happens if you try really hard to fall asleep? You get insomnia because <laughs> stress, mm -hmm. when, when you try really hard to do something, you're introducing stress into your system and stress is not conducive to sleep. So the harder you try to sleep, the less likely you are to sleep. Or sometimes that happens in relationships too, right? Like sometimes, sometimes we feel so strongly about someone that we chase them away. We try too hard, you know? So many, many of our goals are, are somewhat counterintuitive, but one place that common sense is real is you're not probably going to have a happy life if you do not try to have a happy life. And I think that's something we both learned the hard way, didn't we? <laughs> I agree with you on that. Um, no, you, you have to try. It's not going to magically fall into your lap. And I think I was waiting for it to fall into my lap for a long time. Not happening. I was just going to say, it, you mentioned like early on setting goals was something that was really important to you. And you said prior to, uh, you know, 2017, 2018, you, you hadn't really been like a goal oriented person. Uh, do you remember what some of those earlier goals you set were that really got you into this? Like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can succeed at these things mindset. What were some of the first dominoes to fall? So I'd not to sound egotistical, but most of my life, I, I, I have felt that I'm fairly intelligent at least. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had been able to learn things fairly well, do things fairly well. Um, but I don't know if those were like goal oriented. They, those were more just like, well, this interests me. I'm going to learn how to do this. Um, but I never went, I'm setting a goal and I'm going to accomplish it, um, until later in life. So 2016 first goal obviously was to remove my dependence on alcohol because my alcoholism was severe. It was daily. My breakfast was whiskey. I'd wake up and drink. Um, again, it was all avoidance. I was desperately trying to avoid emotional turmoil and, um, you know, alcohol is a depressant. That's not going to help. Each year that I kept kept getting worse and worse, uh, my depression kept getting worse and worse. Um, so I, you know, that was the very first goal. And once I felt like that was sort of, you know, at least stable, I'm like, okay, I'm not drinking anymore. Um, what else can I do? And um, I was very unhappy with... So it start, I was very unhappy with the way I looked. I had been stagnant physically many, many, many years. I work in IT, so I sit in front of a computer all day. So I had been sitting in front of a computer all day when I wasn't working in computers. I was playing video games all day. More avoidance. Um, and I just, I think it was about a month or two into sobriety. I was getting into the shower one day and I sort of just looked into the mirror and I'm like, who's that, man? Like who, what, how, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. And I thought I gotta, that immediately was like, okay, I gotta do something. Like I, I, it wasn't even like, ew, look at that. Look at fat Chris. It was more just like, look at how unhealthy you are. Mm -hmm. You're so unhealthy. Um, I need to take my health seriously. And I thought, okay, like the whole, cause I'm huge into bodybuilding now, but that wasn't the initial goal. Actually, the initial goal was just to be healthy. And I thought I got to start watching what I'm eating. I've been living off of fast food for years. I've been living off of alcohol and fast food for years. 
top ramen, grilled cheese sandwiches, jack in the box every day. Um, and not moving. No wonder I was depressed. So I started, you know, I got a gym membership and I started uh, lifting weights and doing cardio and learning that and watching my diet. Um, and I wasn't super like diet has to be 100% on point, but I was like, you know, just um, help bring healthier things in. Watch your, watch your caloric intake. And what do you get a rough estimate? What are you eating every day? Just pay attention. No My primary goal was self-awareness. I need to go into the depths of myself and take responsibility for every single thing that's happened in my life. Mm. Wow. Um, have I been, was I victimized? Sure. Did things outside of my control happen? Sure. But I still felt like I needed to take responsibility for everything that happened in my life. Um, accountability. Accountability is huge. So it's like, I don't know. Could something terrible happen to me in the future that wasn't my fault? Sure. But um, I feel like it's really important to be accountable. That was a huge shift in my mindset to escape victimhood, which I have talked about in some older videos. I feel like 35 years of my life, I pretty much was living in this like victim state where everything had been done to me. Um, people did it to me. God did it to me. The universe did it to me. Who knows? It was always somebody else's fault that my life sucked. So that shifted. And I was like, maybe it's my fault that my life sucks. So what can I do about it? And that was goal setting. Fitness was yeah. important though. Mm -hmm. It gave me something I could control. And I think I felt a huge lack of control. So, well, I can control these heavy weights. I don't know. Am I answering your question? You're gonna Absolutely. Hear that. <laughs> you are dropping some serious wisdom. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really useful to a lot of people. Because what you're describing here, essentially, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but so tell me if this sounds right, is, is you went from like what I would call kind of a, like a passive observer of life. Like, like your life was something that was happening to you. You know, yeah. things just happened and your lifestyle and the way you lived and, and almost everyone has done this, like, is you're just a result of that. And then mm -hmm. you made this mindset shift and you said, no, I'm going to be an active participant in my life. Yes. And even though I can't control every single thing that happens to me, I do have much more influence over the quality of my life and the outcomes of my decisions than what I've been uh, applying, basically. And I'm going to change that. I'm going to work on making my body healthy, which uh, nutrition and physical activity, th those two and sleep. I usually tell people, those are the three things. Those should be the starting point of almost anyone's mental health journey, in my opinion. And that, that surprises people a lot because a lot of people don't even think of those as mental health interventions, but it, it's very difficult. I would say impossible, really probably to have a healthy mind in an unhealthy body. And, and if you're exhausted and malnourished and completely sedentary, then your brain does not get what it needs. And no matter how many therapy techniques you try to apply, no matter how mindful you are and how much you practice gratitude and how much you challenge thoughts, if your brain does not have the basic building blocks that it needs to function optimally, especially if you have any kind of underlying predisposition to something like depression or anxiety, you need to give your brain everything it needs if you want to be able to get where you want to be in life. And, and so, yeah, no, I, that's what I heard you describe is that shift from life happens to me to 
I'm going to try my best to make my life be what I want it to be and how you, you take responsibility without going to blame. And that's another really impressive thing. And I've, that's a part of your story that I love is you were able to kind of find this middle ground. I've seen people take that too far where it's like, yeah, I, I, okay. So what if my life sucks because of me? Well, that means I'm an even worse person than I thought. Now I feel even more depressed. It, yeah. th- there, there's a, there's a point where that's helpful and there's a point where it becomes unhelpful and you were able to stop it right at the point where it becomes fuel and motivation and stop it from becoming like shame. And I think that's really impressive. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if I've ever actually thought about it that way. I'm glad I didn't go that direction and start like shaming myself. Oh, what a loser. This is all my fault. What a freaking loser, man. Um, I was just like, well, okay, maybe it is enough is enough time to move forward for once. My, my whole shift was, uh, I, I realized about myself that I was a pessimist, very cynical. Everything was negative. It was doom and gloom all the time. And again, that's where I tried, started trying to do this opposite game thing. I'm like, okay, well, so when you feel that way, Chris, is there anything positive about this situation? Because I'd never asked myself that before. Well, what positive things could come from this situation that you see so negatively? It was always just doom and gloom before. Now it's a broaden the spectrum a bit. Okay, yeah, that's true. Maybe there is a lot of negativity to this event, but what, what are the pros that could potentially come from this event? And if I don't move forward and perform this event, Oh, well, then those pros won't happen. It's always just going to be doom and gloom. It's like, you know, I have regrets, but I try not to sit in them. It's, what's that going to do for me? I This whole stagnation thing, I, I've already stagnated enough. So it's like, yeah, I have regrets. There's, I've done things in my life I'm not proud of. I can't time travel into the past and fix those things I'm not proud of. All I can do is try to be a better person now. And, it, you know, easier said than done. Absolutely. But it can be done. It can. And I think that that's so important. And, and I love what you say about stagnation, because that's, I think you and I are driven by very similar factors. When I look back on my life, there's, there's this period of several years in my life that's basically just a black hole. I mean, I, re- I remember it. It's not like I have no memory of it. It's just that there was nothing memorable that happened. It was, it was just years of nothing, nothing important, nothing Nothing really good, you know, little moments here and there, but nothing, nothing of value. And I don't ever want to have another period like that again. That's what drives me every day. I wake up and I think I don't ever want to feel that way again. So I'm going to do what I need to do today to stay away from that. Because I know that somewhere deep inside me is the capability to go there again. It's it's still there. It's, 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 it's back there a ways, but it's not, I haven't defeated the demon. I've just put you know, four or five miles on him at this point. If I let my guard down, it could happen again. So I'm just not going to do that. And I think you get that. Oh yeah. I'm the <laughs> my demons, um, how I talk about it is like um they had me shackled before. I have them shackled now. Yeah. That's... But they're still there. And they can escape from those shackles. I have to be cognizant. I have to be really, this is the self-awareness part. You probably saw some of my videos. 2022 is actually not a good year for me. Yeah. I was really struggling. Um, things are good now. I, I got through it. I, I had the tools. I knew how to get through it, but it came back and I never thought it was going to come back. Um, Cause it's like 2016, 27, 2017. I started feeling better. 2018 better. 2019, 2020, 2021. I was Boom, I was feeling great. I'm like, I escaped. 
I never thought it was possible. Mm -hmm. Then 2022 rolled around and I was like, oh no, this again, not this again. I thought I, I thought I got away from it. That was when I started sharing more videos and content. It was cathartic in a way. It was helping me being of service to other people is really rewarding. I thought I'm, I'm really struggling right now. I've learned a lot of things over these years. Maybe I could, I don't know, what's the social media stuff? Maybe I could help people. And um, apparently it's done that. It, it, I only need to help one person. It's still oh, there. Good. It'll never yeah. go away, man. I know that they're, they're there and I have to, the work, it probably will sound exhausting to some people, but it never ends. It really, it really doesn't. Um, it gets easier. It's harder in the beginning and it gets easier. Peaks and valleys in life. Absolutely. So you get to the top of one mountain, you got to go back down and then it's like, you got to go back up another mountain. And these sound, these are cliches, but they ring true to me usually, but that's uh, the journey is the most important part. I'm just going to repeat something that you said, because I want to make sure everybody hears this twice. Cause that was when you said it, like something clicked in my brain. You said my demons used to have me shackled and now I have them shackled. That visual, that is a powerful visual. I think a lot of people will understand one of those phases, if not both. It also would make a great metal album cover. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, I guess for those who don't know, we both like metal. Absolutely. Metal has done a lot for me, to be honest. So tell us more about that. I'd love to hear more about that. It's funny because... Um, and I've always listened to a lot of different genres of metal. Um, not always death metal. I, I actually really like cheesy power metal too. It's <laughs> flying dragons and knights and stuff like that. Gotta love it. It's funny because a lot of the metal I like, and it's funny even if you get into like death metal, and there's probably people who are going to listen to this. I'm like, what the heck are these guys talking about? A lot of it, even if it appears, you read the lyrics, it appears like depressing and sad. There's actually yeah. like great wisdom in a lot of it and even how death metal sometimes people hear it and they're like oh but if you look at the lyrics and what they're talking about a lot of the time it's not necessarily in a negative light about death it's um it's about wounds healing wounds just darker things but there's wisdom within it so metal has been very inspirational to me I'm not saying metal's the only type of music where you can find inspiration but it's been inspirational to me I mean, I've always kind of been a rocker dude. So there's a lot of uh, strength in metal. So that's why it's uh, really spoken to me, even in times where I wasn't doing well and I was not um, exhibiting much strength at all. I did find strength within the music and it helped, it probably, to be honest, probably helped me make it as long as I did because I, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts from teenage years on you got to find inspiration where you can find inspiration and metal really spoke to me so I, I found a lot of inspiration in that but to anybody listening you know find it where you can find it find what speaks to you yeah for me metal i, th I think what always drew me to metal is that it, it it validated a lot of feelings that i had anyway that i didn't necessarily get to talk to people about especially when i was younger and and I love, you know, a lot of the songs would be very, very blunt about laying some some real struggles out there. But my favorite songs were always kind of like you said, the ones that there was still strength or like positivity or optimism. Like, yeah, people can go through this kind of thing and come out. OK, I mean, I, I think a lot like the conversation we're having today, like we're not shying away from the heavier topics or the darker topics. 
but we're also making sure to let people know like it doesn't have to stay that way and i think that's a lot of metal kind of captures that same vibe at least at least it does for me a lot of di- a lot of the different sub genres too like i i had a i had a phase and i still kind of to some degree um where i was really into black metal which like lyrically sometimes is extremely dark but a lot of the music at least to me and i know this is a very subjective thing it is just gorgeous in my opinion and it's like that dichotomy of like you hear what this person is saying but the, if the music is this intricate and delicate i know it's a weird word for metal but it fits sometimes it's like there must be something good in this if you can make this music while talking about this, I don't know. That's kind of a weird me thing. Maybe. Yeah, no, black metal's interesting in, in the regard that like they're talking about some what some people would probably consider evil. Um, but the music is beautiful and it's very uh operatic and it's very um, a lot of the time I, I talk to people about so the very first music I ever fell in love with as a child, and even my parents thought it was weird, was classical music. Hmm loved classical music i loved it i feel like there's a a lot of correlation there's between heavy metal music and classical music there is that's actually been um like scientifically demonstrated i don't know how they broke it down but but classical music in terms of like song structure and things like that it 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 is the most similar genre to metal they share more in common uh than metal does to anything else so you're absolutely right about that yeah i mean you can listen to you like you know a shredding electric guitar solo and it could mimic like a violin or a piano Mm -hmm. so um it i went i don't i (laughs) i don't listen to black metal as much as i used to actually Um, that's fair but uh i do have a respect for it something you you made me realize something though that i didn't mention about uh metal and that was um i think earlier in life it was good in the sense I would find relatability in the songs. I'd be like, oh man, these guys get what I'm talking about. But I didn't realize that I didn't need to stay there. I'm like, this song is speaking to me about what I'm going through. Yeah, they get it. I was almost like, yes, depression. They get my depression. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, I, Absolutely. I, I stayed in it though. I was just Absolutely. like, they get it. I This is my song now. But then I stayed in it. I don't think that that was actually the purpose of the song, really, was to for people to stay in it. It's almost like, hey, we get it. Do something about it, almost. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's how I felt about a lot of, a lot of the music I was drawn to as well. The first album that I ever owned, I think I was like eight or nine, and this will explain a lot about me, but it was uh, Black Sabbath, self-titled. That was the first, like my parents, I remember my parents took me to this record store and they're like, I, within reason i think although i clearly tested that they're like it's your first album buy anything you want and i'm like i want this one and i remember they were like um okay. <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's all i mean it, yeah i was man i'm glad i didn't have to parent me that's been that's been a yeah <laughs> that's been one of my later in life revelations now that i have kids i'm like i was a hard kid anyway Something else I want to get your take on, because um, I know it's been a huge part of your journey, and you've talked a little bit about it, but I, I want to know a little bit more about the mental transformation that you've experienced from your physical fitness journey, because I know you've said the mental changes from being physically active have been more important to you than the physical changes, the ones you could see in your body. Could you say a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, the physical changes are nice, of course. Like everyone likes to look better. Um, but that's not the primary reason I've stuck with it or been able to stay committed. So, you know, from an early age, I'd heard, and I'm sure you've heard, and most people have, like, you know, if you exercise, it makes you feel better. And I was like, that sounds miserable. Well, I don't want to do that. Sounds like a lot of work. Hard work has the greatest rewards, which I'd also heard and for some reason didn't believe until later in life. As I started uh, really committing to exercise, I started noticing I felt happier. It's very simple. There's not a whole lot to it. I just was like, geez, you know, I feel less stressed. I, I don't have as much anxiety. I don't feel quite as bogged down by some dark cloud. I think I'm going to stick with this. And yeah, I'd heard people kept telling me I'd feel better. And I guess they were right. But on top of that, it it is a goal. And my goal was health. And, um, you know, I, of course, I wanted to look better. I didn't like the way I looked. I felt insecure. I destroyed my body. And as I started seeing results in the mirror, that further pushed me like, oh, man, you know, like hard work does pay off. I am uh, seeing results now. And I feel better about myself because most of my life, I did not have a lot of confidence. And that goes back to the bullying. Believed I had no value. I believed I had no worth. Over the years of that abuse at a young age, I just clung to those thoughts and I couldn't escape them, which they still affect me. I feel like those things will affect me until the day I die. But I don't need to believe them. Right. Um, it's coming to terms with something that happened and then using it as a source of strength instead uh, moving forward. I don't, um, those little voices will creep in and I have to go, nope, get away. Mm-hmm. Not true. Fitness has um, been instrumental. And when I say fitness, I mean like eating better, mm-hmm. not living off processed foods all the time. And so it's uh, exercise and diet. Uh, they go hand in hand. So mm-hmm. Anyone listening, you hear the word fitness. It's not just working out. It's a diet too. Like, um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't have ice cream from time to time and cookies and things like that. But sometimes I worry about saying everything in moderation too, because I, I feel like that might be open to interpretation. Trying to live as healthy as you can, but uh, don't be so strict on yourself that you're on, because you, you can go too hard in that direction. Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. I see people with that problem. It's a, You have to find that balance. And my goals have been, because I, I got really into bodybuilding and it's like, I want to put as much muscle mass on as possible. Well, that's not everybody's goal. Like, you, what are your goals? And you figure those out. Everyone's goals are different. Um, so I would never try to push my goals on someone else. It's not overly complex though. It's like exercise does make you feel better. Like, I think our yeah. bodies are made for moving. So they they, they absolutely are. Yeah. Our bodies and our brains. And Something you basically just said it, but I'm just going to reiterate it. Something else that's that's fantastic about exercise is exercise as a tool for your mental health, like as a component of treatment for depression and anxiety. It does not discriminate by format. So you and I, we both enjoy weight training. That's fine. Some people hate weight training. Uh, if you're if you're a runner, run. You know, if you're a swimmer, swim. If if you're a basketball player, go play basketball. The, the the physical changes that happen inside you when you're physically active that create the mental changes that we're talking about here, they don't care what kind of exercise you're doing. So if you think weight training is miserable, you don't have to listen to us and be like, oh, but I don't want to weight train. I think cardio is miserable personally, and I don't do that very often <laughs> to each their own, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, cardio is not my go-to. 
Um, I do it when it supports my goals, but uh, it's, no, I prefer weightlifting. No, I'd still say, again, it comes back to every individual's goals. If they enjoy uh, yoga, do yoga. Get get into yoga. You like Pilates, do Pilates. But move your body. I guess that's that's the answer. Is a lot of my stagnation was sitting around not moving. You know, we have these bodies. Like I, I don't think we're just supposed to sit around all day not moving. That's what I was doing for many years, was sitting around not moving. So yeah, gotta get that blood pumping. Well, I got two. I got two last quick questions for you, and then I should we should probably wrap up for today. But uh, we mentioned we were talking in between that we may do a part two here, so keep an eye out for that. Second to last question is, other than what we've already talked about, just if there was anything you wanted people who have listened today and who relate to parts of your story to know, is there any final words or like take home message that you want to make sure that people get from what you've been through and where you're at right now? So when I was in my dark place, I was not really open to hearing anything. And I realized that a lot of people are probably like this. Say I, my, my peak point of depression my like future self had come back to me to talk to me and was like, you don't have to be this way, Chris, you do have some control. I would have probably said, get the hell out of here. Um, you don't know what you're talking about. That's where I find this question difficult. I guess it's coming from like a point of like empathy where I'm trying to think about mm -hmm. how can I help someone who's like in the depths of it? And um, what sort of advice could I give that would help wake them up. But then again, I, I realized that I don't think we can truly ever save anyone. We have to save ourselves. So I end up giving the basic answer, which is like, it doesn't have to be this way. There is hope and you may not feel it right now. I didn't, I didn't feel it at all, but we do have some control of our lives. Um, there are a lot of uncontrollable things. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the universe feels like chaos sometimes, but we do have some control. And if you can grab onto that small amount of control, like it's enough to shift your mindset, because I think that that is ultimately the problem here. Um, it, it was for me, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I think that we get stuck in certain mindsets and we think about everything in one way. Depression for me was like, if you're depressed, are, are you positive? Probably not. It's hard to find positive things. I mentioned earlier in the podcast, one thing to practice, and a lot of the time it does sound cliche, but like gratitude saying, you know, yeah, I'm miserable. I hate life. It sucks. But is there anything I'm grateful for? Am I happy about anything? People, events, did something good happen in my life at some point? Um, oh, geez, there was that summer back in where, yeah, that was, that was nice. It helps kind of pull you out of that tunnel vision a little bit where every, everything's bad. You only need a little bit of good to help kind of well, all right. Well, maybe there could be more good. That good happened. It takes work though. I don't have the answers. I can't, again, save anybody, but anybody listening, like um, it'll take a little bit of work, but it's worth putting the work in. You don't have to stay this way. Um, if you're feeling depressed, all I've wanted to do is I wish I had the answer. I really wish I had the answer for people. Like this is the way to do it. Just listen to me and you will, your life will change. <laughs> I think you have given oh, an answer what? though, but because like you said, you said, this is a basic answer. I know, but here's the thing. I think a lot of the time, whether something, whether things like what you've said sound like basic and cliche or meaningful depends on who is saying them. And, and when somebody who, you know, has, has kind of always been okay, says like, it can be okay. It's like, yeah, for you. 
not for me. I'm, I'm different than you. You're okay. I'm not. I'll never be like you. But when somebody who you know, because you've heard their story, because you've seen pictures, someone who you know gets it and has felt the way that you have felt, or at least something very close to it, says, no, really, like, if you put the work in and adopt the mindset and just try, it can be okay. And you know that person comes from a place like where you come from. I don't think it's basic when it comes from that person. And that's been the whole point of this podcast is that you are one of those people that that you weren't you weren't just gifted an automatically happy brain that shrugs off every problem you face. You're you and me and a lot of other people out there, we hold on to stuff. Things hurt us a little bit more easily and we don't just recover from everything automatically. We got to put work in to get to this place. And that's yeah, like you said there's no like one simple, you know, clickbait answer. I I think that is I think that's the short answer. You you have to want it. You have to try and you have to, you have to have a shred of belief. You don't have to be like, I know it's going to work. But like you said, you just, you just got to have something, one thing in your life that at one point was worth living for. Could you have that again or something like it? So I think you gave a fantastic answer. Uh, Yeah. To further expand on it real quick. Uh, So yeah, just small shreds, but they multiply. If, if you can cling to those small shreds and go, well, this is enough reason for me to push forward and try a little bit harder, you you will be rewarded. At least I was. Sometimes it may not seem like it's paying off. It's not like a immediate payoff sometimes. And I think we live in a society where people want instant gratification all the time. It's not instant gratification, but it pays off. And yeah, I suppose the relate relatability aspect. I wanted to die. I absolutely wanted to die. I was not happy when I survived my suicide attempt. I was um, very upset, but now I can look back and say, damn, I'm glad I didn't succeed because I'm actually, I have a lot of happiness now, which I never thought was possible. And it was with hard work, but it all started with mindset shifts. Like, you know, can I be happy? Have I tried to be happy? What am I grateful for? So, you know, anybody who wants like a a magic wand or magic pill fix. It's not a thing. Um, it does require work, but it is worth it. And that's what I always try to tell people, like stick with it, push through it. You're like, I hate my life. Today sucks. I don't want to do anything. Don't listen to it and do it anyways. And it will pay off. I swear to God, it will pay off. That answer is 100% congruent with everything I've experienced in life. So it is very appreciated. One last question for you today. Where can listeners find you if they want more of your story or want to stay in touch with you? Where are you active out there in the social media world? Um, Instagram is where most of my followers are. That's a valiant fate. I'll be linking people to it too. Yeah. Um, I've got a YouTube channel. They're all valiant fate um youtube's valiant fate facebook is valiant fate um tiktok is valiant fate um but you know instagram is probably the main place where you're gonna find that's the community for me really i haven't spent a lot of time on the other social media platforms i'm trying but um chris thank you thank you so much for coming on today this has been i think a fantastic conversation i think people will get a lot of value out of it and i'm really looking forward to doing a potential round two with you yeah man i'm happy to be here thank you for inviting me um, i'm definitely down for another episode because we we can go a lot deeper so yep yeah i think we're i think we're just barely getting started take care great to talk to you and we'll talk soon all right
you, bro. Take it easy.